0: back to Sisters Doing Life Together podcast and I am your host D Thompson. I want to apologize that I was not able to publish the February 19th episode of the podcast, but let me tell you what happened. Friday evening, I'm getting everything together and I start seeing this error message on my laptop not responding. In addition to that, the program that I actually edit and save the episodes, it crashes on me. So Saturday morning, I get up, I send a text to a friend asking her if I can use her laptop. She says yes, she brings it over, and I'm thinking this is going to be a quick fix. When I get in and start trying to do the transfer from my laptop to the external hard drive, that's when I realize it's not a quick fix. Because the system actually crashed, it's not saved, and when I try to go to retrieve it, I can't get it. In addition to the fact that my laptop continues to give an error message not responding. So I spent hours trying to figure out a workaround, how to get it to work. And late on Saturday evening, I had to come to the conclusion that it wasn't going to work and that I would not be able to publish the episode. I was so disappointed and frustrated. Now, not a little frustrated, but a lot frustrated. And because I had spent so many hours trying to figure out how to make it work, I decided that what are some of the lessons or at least one lesson that I can take away from this? And I want to share that with you. So as a person who likes to plan, that's me. I've done conferences for a nonprofit organization that was a part of my job duties for years. Um, I have a travel agency, and that is something that requires attention to detail and planning as well. And I'm just one of those people that likes to plan. And when plans don't happen the way that I expect them to, like most of us, we can get a little frustrated. Some people adjust a little bit better than others. For me, on Saturday, it was like, that's a lot of hours and not getting the desired outcome. Here's the thing that there are other situations in life that do not involve a podcast, whereas, We can be investing our time and our efforts and trying to make it work when in reality, we need to be walking away, possibly making an assessment is, is this where I need to spend my time? Is this where I need to spend my energy? Is this where I need to spend my efforts? Because we can waste time, weeks and months and years trying to make something work when in reality, that's not a part of the plan. And just because it didn't go as you planned doesn't mean it didn't go as it should go. And so I just wanted to leave that with you. If you're in a situation right now where you feel like I'm trying to make it work and it's just not working, it's just not working, but I'm going to make it work. Maybe look at it differently. Maybe look at it as it's not working because it's not supposed to. And just because it didn't go as I planned doesn't mean that it didn't go as it should have gone. I just wanted to leave that with you. Now on to the reason for this mini podcast episode. So March is Women's History Month, one of my favorite months of the year, and it's one of two months where I get to do a month-long celebration. One is my birthday month, and the other is Women's History Month. And so on March the 1st, we as a nation get to do the following. We get to celebrate, appreciate, and recognize the accomplishments of women in history and society and our culture But we also personally get to celebrate, I think, the women in our lives who are also history makers. Here we are. When we're talking about history makers, how do you define a history maker? Is it based on how many people know this person? Um, What are their accomplishments on a national level? You know, we can look at history makers and have a different definition. So let me start with the dictionary definition, and then we'll go from there, okay? So the dictionary says that a history maker is a person who has influenced the course of history, that something spectacular or something that is worthy of remembrance. I believe that each of us has the capacity to do something that is worthy of remembrance in someone else's life. And that's what I started doing in 2019. So the ladies who are part of Sisters Doing Life Together, they would give me permission to give a snapshot of some of the things that they were doing, some of the things that they had already accomplished, and that could be in their profession Some of them were moms, um, business leaders, school teachers, nurses, and then they shared with us, like, what are some of their favorite things, their bucket list, what they want to do in the future, and that gave each of us an opportunity to see that woman for who she is. She's our sister, of course, but she has all of these things that are part of who she is, and we get to learn about her that she is truly seen by us. And as a result of that, I wanted to bring that to those of you who are listening and who will participate with me in this year's celebration of women. So I want each of us to take the moment and look at the women in our life. And in the month of March, do this. Bring attention to those women in your life, celebrate them, because there are countless women in our lives who are moms, who are daughters and business leaders and entrepreneurs and friends and wives, and also women of faith. And these women would never be well known, they would never achieve celebrity status, they would never make Times Magazine most influential 100 people but they inspire us to be the better, vis- uh, better versions of ourselves. And these women are who I call the behind the scenes history makers. So let me tell you about this. Normally every month or twice a month when I'm interviewing a podcast guest, they get to tell you their personal story. They get to tell you about their lives, tell you about their, their lessons they've learned, how community and faith has played an, played an important part in their life. But today I wanted to share somebody else's story. She can't talk to you and tell you about her life, and so I decided that I would talk to you about her life, and she is a woman in scripture. She's actually one of my favorite Bible characters, and I don't know, you may have heard of her. She's not necessarily a woman that I've heard a lot of people preach about, but she is truly, to me, a behind-the-scenes history maker, and we find this woman in the book of Judges, chapter 4. Her name is Jael. So when we start out talking about um, Judges chapter four, let me give you some background to the book of Judges. I call it the book where there is the um, children of Israel, they sin, it's like a cycle. They um, go into captivity, they cry out to God, God hears them, he relieves them of their captivity, and then they go back into it again. And so Judges chapter four is about the life of one of the judges and her name is Deborah. Deborah and J.L. are two of the women in this particular chapter that I want to focus the attention on, J.L. being the one who is, the, to me, the behind-the-scenes history maker. So I consider her and Deborah both to be fierce and fearless. Like, you remember the movie Black Panther, those women who were warriors? This is how I envision these two women. Judges chapter 4 starts with this. It begins with, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They have been oppressed by Jabin, the king of the Canaanites, and his commander of the army, Sisera, for 20 years. So if I'm understanding it correctly, they are in captivity. They have been oppressed for 20 years by the commander of the army of the Canaanites, by this person who's named Sisera and Jabin is the king of the Canaanites they cry out to God for help and God instructs Deborah now listen to Deborah she is not only a judge she's a wife and a prophet and she's known for her fairness in settling, settling the disputes between the people of Israel and she tells um, Barak who is the military commander for the children of Israel for the nation of Israel that he is to go out against Sisera who has oppressed them for 20 years now here's the other thing When she tells Barak this, listen at the titles, she is the prophet, she's a wife, she's a judge, known for her fairness, but he's the military commander. And he tells her in verse number nine that he's willing to go out, but he's not going to go out without her. And so Deborah responds that she will go out with him, but she tells him, but because of the course of action that he's wanting to take, that honor would not be his and that Sisera would be delivered into the hands of a woman. Now, I think that when I first read this, I'm thinking, well, Deborah's going to war with him. Certainly, those are the hands that Cicero would be delivered into. But as you keep reading, you realize, nope, it's not her. It's my girl, JL. So pause for a moment. I I want to say this. If I were Deborah, and I'm not, but if I give the military commander the instructions that God has given me for him, and then he comes back to me and says, I'm going to go, but I'm only going to go if you go with me. I think my response would have been, that's what the Lord told you to do, not me. So you need to do what he told you to do. And I'm going to stay here, but not Deborah. Remember I said she's fierce and fearless. That's who she is. So she goes with him. And it's easy um, to look at it from hindsight, like what that may have looked like. I can't even imagine going to war. And they're going out against a people who are outnumbered them and have greater military might. So Barack and his 10,000 men, they go out and they leave for battle. And then guess what happens? Cicero's army is completely defeated, but he leaves and he flees on foot and he goes to a tent of a woman called Jael. And then when he gets there, she comes out to meet him. She invites him into her tent. She tells him not to be afraid, that she covers him with a blanket and gives him milk to drink. And he asks her to life. People come looking for me. Don't tell them I'm here. And then he is exhausted and tired, and he goes to sleep due to that exhaustion. And while he's sleeping, she does something that secures victory for the children of Israel. She takes a peg and she drives it through his temple. I know it sounds gory, right? And I'm thinking like one, when he shows up, she didn't have an opportunity to kind of figure out what she was gonna do. She's faced with a decision that she has to make in that moment. And she goes through this not, seeming like she's afraid or anything like she's just it's almost like she's strategizing during the entire time so she's like come on into the tent let me give you some milk let me give you a blanket knowing that very well she's waiting for the opportunity to do what it was said earlier that Sisera will be delivered into the hands of a woman and after that that we hear about her again in Judges chapter 5 verses 24 through 26 And the title of that chapter says it's called Deborah's Song. And then it's Jael is mentioned in Judges chapter five when they sing about what she did to Sisera. But I don't know that she's ever mentioned again in scripture. So for a woman who's only mentioned in two chapters of the Bible, but because of her actions, she was able to help the children of Israel against an oppressor, a military commander who had might she was the one whose he was delivered into her hands. So if you're asking, what does this story have to do with you? Great question. I'm sure that when Jail got up that morning, that she was going about her normal day, she wasn't thinking like, today I'm gonna be faced with the opportunity to, um, to meet up with Sisera and then I need to plan out what I'm gonna do. She had no idea what was going to happen to her that day, but because of her strategy, because of what she did, that what she did would impact an entire nation. You have the ability to do the same thing. I believe that you're doing the same thing because if there are women who are impacting your lives, causing you to show up as the best version of yourself, I just believe that you are then doing that for other people or other women as well. Nothing in the text says that she had any prior military experience, but we see her as a woman who took advantage of an opportunity. She's calm under pressure. Her actions not only help the nation, but she will be known throughout history, although we don't hear a whole lot about her. Can you be the JL of your generation? A woman who goes about living her everyday life and taking advantage of all of the opportunities that have been presented before you. Can you be the -the behind-the-scenes history maker. So this is what I believe a behind-the-scenes history maker does. She is an everyday woman who can do extraordinary things and can change history. She is not about being well-known, but she knows it is more important that she complete the assignment from God. It's not about her. She doesn't have to be known. We don't hear a lot about J.L., but we know she's important to Bible history. And before ending, I wanted to share this this information with you. It would not be um, fitting for me to talk about behind the scene history makers and not talk about my mom. So let me tell you a little bit about her. My mom was one of those women that would pray the most beautiful prayers and long prayers. And she would pray fervently to God. And this is one of the things that she would often say, God, you promised me that you're going to save my children and my grandchildren. Now, when I was hearing it, it wasn't like I was like, oh, my mom's praying for me. I'm going to become a Christian. No, nope, that's not how I was feeling. But she was behind the scenes, constantly praying for me to give my life to Christ. And years later, when God answered that prayer and I gave my life to Christ, I am assured that it's because my mom continued behind the scenes, believing that God would do a change in my heart if I would allow for him to come in. You know, I believe that there are mothers out there today who are listening, their sisters and aunts and friends who are believing God to do something in the lives of people. You're behind the scenes and praying and encouraging and standing with and reminding people of their potential. You're out there saying that I'm with you. I won't leave you. I'm your sister I'm your friend and that you're not looking for public recognition. You're just doing what you normally do because it's just naturally you. You don't need your name in light. You're not looking for accolades. You're just looking to show up and do all that God has called you to do during your everyday, um, everyday ordinary experiences that you're walking through every day. But you're doing something extraordinary for the kingdom. So this is what I'm asking that you would do for me. How about we make this His- Women's History Month one of the best Women's History Months that we can remember. And we could begin that by doing this. I'm asking you to share the pictures and the stories of the women in your life, whether it's your mom, your mentor, your friend, your aunt, your teacher, a minister on your social media platform using the hashtag. Celebrate her. In addition to coming up with ways that you can spend time with the special women in your life, you know, you can come up with a luncheon, a breakfast, a dinner, having conversations with those women who made history, but not only just putting it on social media, this is what I ask you to do. Will you take the time to make a phone call, write a letter, and tell those women who made a difference in your life, those women who have been behind the scenes, cheering you on, encouraging you to do everything that they know and believe you can do? Will you let them know how much you appreciate them? Sisters, will you? join me, I know that we can make this a memorable Women's History Month. And for you who are doing it and you're listening to this, you're like, I feel unappreciated. I'm constantly behind the scenes doing it. Nobody recognizes me. This is what I want to leave with you. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10. The Passion Translation says, For God the Faithful One is not unfair. How can he forget the beautiful work you have done for him? He remembers the love you demonstrate as you continually serve his beloved ones for the glory of his name. So, the sisters know this. Whether you're seen or recognized by anyone or not, God sees you. I believe that we can do this together and remind women that they're seen, they're heard, they're important, and more than that, we appreciate all that they've done. So as I end this episode, I want to say this. I also believe that because these women are inspiring us to do the same, to live out our potential with others, and just in case no one has ever told you or said it before to you, I want to say thank you. You are seen, appreciated, and making a difference. Thank you again for listening in to Sisters Doing Life Together podcast. Please take a moment to listen, to subscribe, to rate, and to share with at least one person. And if you're looking for a community, I welcome you to Sisters Doing Life Together because when you have a sisterhood, you don't have to do life by yourself.